Welcome back to the I'm Just Talking podcast, the unscripted, unedited, me just talking about stuff that interests me type of podcast. Unique? No idea. Uh, Unusual? Probably. But thanks for coming back and listening. Um, Thanks to any new listeners I might have gotten. I've had a pretty decent one the last couple of weeks. It is um, a Sunday night, my record nights. Uh, Sometimes I do Saturdays, depending on my week. Um... This episode will drop on 8-9, which is tomorrow, Monday morning, 8 a.m., um, on Apple, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and a few others. Uh, Overcast is one that's been getting some play. Uh, Pocket Cast, Cast Box, Radio Public, or the other, well, the other, or the other ones. Um, <clears throat> so because this is not a scripted show, um, doesn't mean it's not well thought out, but... Uh, this week I had some trouble, I think, coming up with a, with a subject or an idea. And uh, I was ready to kind of talk about my thoughts on the coronavirus. And depending on how much I get through with, this, with, the, with the thought I'm going to go with, I might still do that at the end anyways. But I went to a quinceanera yesterday for one of our little cousins. Um, so... For those of you who don't know, that's basically the the little girls Mexican. It's like a Mexican girls. Um, it's kind of like equivalent to an American girl's Sweet Sixteen. They're grown up, but it's it's really really lavish. Um, everybody was dressed to the nines. It's almost like a mini wedding in my in my humble opinion. Um, my girlfriend is Mexican, and uh, so are obviously some of her cousins are as well. And uh, one of the little girls turned 15, and she had a, a, a just a beautiful little ceremony. We didn't make it to the church, but we went to the after party, and you know, a, band, a DJ, you know, lights, dancing, great food, great family fun. Um, and the reason why I mention this is because it kind of dawned on me that I could do a podcast about traditions, and if we're losing our traditions. Um, you know, as a, as a group of people, um, me, myself, I am, um, my first generation Italian American. My mom was born in Sicily. My father was born in Italy. Um, and I feel like we were pretty well versed on some of the, still the old world traditions, you know, Italians have been in this country a very long time. And a lot of people with great Italian names are, you know, third, fourth generations out. and you know, they start to lose some of those things. So some of the things that we did, uh, for example, is all of like the church related, you know, like I lived on Long Island when I was a kid and there was a St. Anthony's feast and like my brothers dressed as monks, um, you know, with the procession and stuff like that. Um, of course, celebrating on Christmas Eve, you know, going Palm Sunday, Ash Wednesday, all of the church, the Roman Catholic church traditions were, were pretty big, especially, uh, up until, you know, I became an adult. Um, we also moved to Italy when I was a teenager. So we, we got some of the stuff that I didn't know about, like La Bafana, um, the little town we lived in, which is 
it's a little bit off topic, but the little town we lived in had a, the Fungi Festival, a Fungi Festival, which is like a mushroom festival. And, you know, that's not folklore or tradition. It's just things you learn, right? But um, the, what do you call it? The um, La Bafana is a story of a, uh, there's a couple different versions I've heard, but it's a story of a good witch who, you know, kids would leave their their shoes out on a windowsill or something is, is typically how the original story went and she would fill it with candy and stuff like that. So we started doing that when we moved to Italy a little bit until we were too old for that. And, um, you know, my, my, my aunt Mary, my, my Zia Mary, we call her aunt Mary, which is weird, but she, you know, trying to break, uh, a wine bottle on new year's Eve for good luck or, um, certain types of food you eat like red grapes on new year's Eve Thing, you know, little things like this. Um, as my parents get older, they talk a little bit more about these things. But the reason why I'm talking about it is because now I'm, and this is a, it was a major event in my life. I have a grandchild and my grandchild is, lit, you know, he, now he's third generation. My daughter and my son are second generation. He's now third generation. And I don't speak Italian nearly enough, well enough to teach him, uh, to teach my children, much less him. Um, he is not going to carry an Italian surname, which is even more disheartening in terms of he'll know he's Italian, but his name won't reflect that. Um, so maybe it's more important for him to have some traditions in there that, that you know, are, are going to be important to his lineage, right? So where where this party got me thinking was there's certain steps in the party that that you have to do like there's going to there's usually a father daughter dance now there's some other circumstance where her father passed away when she was very very little so she danced with a huge picture of him and it was very heartbreaking but heartwarming all at the same time so like and then you did you know she has a little date and she has you know like her best friend is you know they're dressed in her colors and you know it's very wedding esque but it got me to thinking about me in particular and like what traditions can I pass on now? So one thing that my, my family did is the Batam Batiamanini um, nursery rhyme um, that Italian kids, it's like every Italian kid or every baby in our family got this nursery rhyme set, you know, spoke to them, sang to them. I'm sorry. Um, Batiam Batiamanini adesso vena papa. Now there's different like um, lyrics to that. Um, and I might be butchering it because my, like I said, my Italian's not very good, but that's one thing that I'm trying to make sure my grandson gets familiar with. Um, you know, we I've taken my kids back home to New York, um, you know, and then they've seen, you know, we went to a little uh, deli cave called Guido's Deli, which I know is ironic. But uh, he has this little place in Elmont, New York. And, you know, you go down there and every, you know, we went down to this basement and this guy had everything Italian themed, like, you know, movies and videos and, um, you know, Italian gear. So I bought some hats there, you know, just an Italian grocery. And out here where I live in California, there's only like one place like that. And it's still a little bit more Americanized. I mean, it has a good Italian deli, so to speak, you know, um, you know, little things like when I was a kid, the big, the big Easter egg was like a huge thing. It's like, it's like a huge chocolate egg. And it had, you know, my, you know, you can only get them at a place like Guido's, right? So, 
you know, these little things that I, I'm finding it hard to pass on, but I, I'm a little disappointed in myself because there's certain things that I haven't done. I didn't do Bafana, you know, consistently enough with my kids. They know what it is. Um, Lord knows if I need to tell them something like in public, I can't do it in any other language than English. You know what I mean? So my parents speak great English, um, you know, a little bit of a, a New York accent, you know, New York Italian accent, but not broken English or anything. And, and I think part of the reason for that gap is the older people in my family are all long since passed. Like my nonna died in 1990 and she was 84 then. Uh, my other grandparents died, God, like six or, and I think the latest one was like six or seven years ago. And then before that was like, you know, 11 years ago, something like that. Actually, my, my nonno on my dad's side, he died in 2000 and, 2009, I think, 2010, something like that. And then my nonna died, I think like six or seven years ago. So like we don't, and they didn't speak hardly any English to, to pass anything on. It, it really comes through my family or my mother and my father. My mother's kind of this weird blend of, you know, trying to be somewhat, you know, Americanized and, you know, because she grew up, you know, as a young kid, she came to America when she was 11. So she has a lot of American tendencies in that sense. You know, she likes to be around, you know, different cultures and learning different cultures. And, but as they get older, you know, they, you know, they tend to like, you know, my mom speaks to me in Italian once in a while. Um, my dad talks a little bit about, you know, Italian history and stuff like that. So I, I guess the point of this whole thing is to say that if you have a heritage or an ethnicity or even just some sort of like tradition that your family does, you got to try to hold on to that. You got to try to for force that, you know, in a way to where your kids understand what they are, who they are, you know, why you do certain things. Um, you know, little stuff still comes out. Like I say, close the light and my parent and my, my kids laugh at me because that's the way my parents talk. That's, you know, them translating close the light into Italian into English um, instead of turn off the light. So like little tiny, tiny stuff. Um, I'm very disappointed that I can't speak Italian well enough to teach my kids. Um, I love telling people I'm Italian. Like, I, I don't know if they know. I mean, everybody's face is covered at this point. It's kind of hard to tell, but you know, I want my grandkid to know that there is this side of his heritage that, you know, to me is pretty cool to me is pretty significant, um, into who he might be, um, into, you know, cause he's, he's biracial, just like my son. Um, but he, he you know, he's going to be able to, you know, maybe he's an athlete and he wants to play on the Italian national team. Maybe he'll be able to, because his grandparents were born, uh, his great grandparents were born in Italy. Um, you know, the, and I guess in, in some weird way, I, I guess the Olympics sort of did that too. Um, the European Cup, um, one of the guys, he moved to Brazil, but his great-grandfather was born in Italy. So we as Americans, I think, often forget as the generations get removed that we're really from other places. And you got to keep those other places alive in your in your lineage, in your DNA, in your, you know, generations to come. And me being 46 years old, it was pretty, 
it was less common, I should say, being first generation, um, where my parents were born in Italy. My parents speak Italian. The elders spoke Italian. You know, they still, we still had very traditional Italian dinners, um, traditional Italian holidays where, you know, certain foods were made. Um, we didn't do a great, great job of like eating fish on Fridays all the time. <clears throat> but definitely holidays, my mom tried to make sure that we had certain, you know, foods like fish on Good Friday kind of a thing or Easter Sunday. I think you're not supposed to eat fit. You're not supposed to eat meat or whatever, you know, like little things like that. Now, <clears throat> the older country late people like my nonna, she would make her her sauce and put it in the basement like everybody else. They had uh, like a wine barrel in one of the basements, you know, in New York, which was probably illegal in the late you know, the 1940s and 1950s and whatever. So like stuff like that is stuff that I wish I cared about more as a kid. Um, because rather than looking at it as work, maybe I could be a great winemaker. I can make sauce, but not, you know, I know the, the process, but I, you know, you, you boil the tomatoes and then you skin them and then you, then you, then you smash them, you know, all that. They did by that, by the time I was old enough to really give a shit about that, like, my nonna was already in her 80, was already 85. You know, all of the girl, all of the men, my, the nonnos, my first, my, my, my nonno, my first grandpa, he died many years, like before my mother was born. And then her, her stepfather died as well. And there was like a different, like weird little age gap. So I guess I sort of by accident missed a lot of that. So my mom tries to keep that up. Like my mom talks about, you know, when she lived in Sicily, how they would pick, uh, like figs or something from an orchard that they had and they would get in trouble for eating them. You know, we, you know, of course we didn't live in Sicily, so we didn't get that experience, but I just think that knowing your family traditions, not even so much like your heritage, like if you have a family tradition where like every summer, you know, you guys go to spring training, let's say you got, you should keep those traditions. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be ethnicity or, or heritage related. I mean, I, I don't know if, I mean, how far you would have to go back to say that you're just American because you, yeah, everybody came from somewhere unless you're a native American. Right. So, but whatever that tradition is, like every year we go to Lake Tahoe for skiing or, you know, every year we go to blah, 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 or we take a family trip to the, in, you know, every somewhere, every summer. Those are traditions as well. It's not just eth ethnicity or heritage related. You know, if there's, you know, I don't know what people do, but, you know, a hunting trip, you know, when the kid becomes 18, you know, um, if you can, even if you can't afford a lavish menu and you're, you know, of Mexican descent and you give your daughter a quinceanera, you know, if, if, you know, of course, MTV fucks everybody's brain up and has, you know, my super sweet 16 where kids are getting Lambos and shit. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses, but give your kid a good sweet 16. You know, guys sort of get gypped like that. Like, you know, I guess for us, it's our 18th and our 21st, but that's just it too. Like on the 18th birthday, if, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say get your kid a car because then my kid's going to listen to this and want a car. But, you know, you get your first car when you're 18. You know, keep up your family traditions. Keep up the things that are going to keep you guys close. Because one of the things that was also kind of 
in, that made me kind of interested in this is that, you know, this little girl, she was one of the babies of the family and now she's 15. And then the, all the kids around us, like, you know, they're all grown and some of them have kids and some of them have multiple kids and, you know, and she's probably the last, well, there's one set of children after her, but like, before we know it, that set of kids are going to be in they'll have in their quinceaneras or their sweet 16 or graduating high school or, or, or whatever it is. And, you know, we want them to be, you know, traditional in that sense. Um, I wondered, probably aloud, because Lord knows I probably got, pla I didn't probably, I got plastered last night. So, you know, you kind of wonder aloud, like, did, what if I had a daughter? Like, I don't even remember my, my, my daughter, daughter. If I had a daughter of Mexican descent, I should say, because I have a daughter, but she's, we're not Mexican and I don't believe, and maybe I'm wrong talking about all these traditions. I think I know. I don't think Italians do the, a similar quinceanera. We definitely, especially as Long Islanders and stuff, you know, sweet 16 is like a big deal. Um, but I don't remember what we did for Bella's sweet 16, but if we would have had a daughter with my current, her Bella and Bella has a different mom than Diego. So, but if we would have done something different where like we had another child and it was a girl, Shit, she'd probably be around 15 because Diego just turned 17. So would we be gearing up for a quinceanera with this? I mean, she had a beautiful, it was like burgundy and gold and it had like a big, I don't know, you know, it had a big, not like a train so much, but it was puffed out and, you know, she had makeup on and, and the whole shit, you know? And I don't know if it's too late or if it's going to seem forced, but like, I can't, all of a sudden start doing Bafana with my 17-year-old son, right? I mean, I could. I'm sure he wants candy and money in his shoes, right? I think we did it a few years when we first got to this house and then Bella started growing up and, you know, Diego seemed to not, not care. But, like, do I do that with the grandkid? Do I, should I make sure, and I guess this is my chance at redemption, kind of, make sure that he knows, you know, Italians do these sorts of things on holidays or, because the church is going to be an iffy one because I don't go to church. So it's not like I'm going to take the kid for Ash Wednesday or whatever, but, you know, um, do I do some minimal research um, to make sure that I'm not screwing up a uh, a tradition? Like like La Bafana, we always was like akin to Santa Claus, but I found out six or eight months ago that that supposedly, in addition to the three kings, the the witch, this 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 lady. Um, help deliver presents to Jesus or something like that. She had she had something to do with, with Jesus, and then that's where the good witch, you know, the folklore came from. Um, you know, little things like, um, the other thing too is like they burn the witch to see which way, uh, you know, to like for the harvest and and things like that. You know, of course we're not farmers, but. I think just one of the things that that kind of sticks out in me is that, you know, how do I keep up any of those traditions? Do I make absolutely damn sure that when we're all together on New Year's Eve, we had red we have red grapes? Do I make sure that there's fish to eat on New Year's Eve? Do I, you know, make sure that, you know, La Bafana is prominent in, in the, in the little prince's life? Um, 
do I learn to speak better Italian so I can, you know, give them little words? Um, damn sure. Make sure I do the nursery rhyme with the rest of the kids, you know, that are born, you know, um, do I talk to my son more about his Italian side of, of, of the family, which I do anyways. Um, so when you're, when you're thinking about this, or if you're listening to this and I should say, and it kind of piques your interest, think about those things that maybe you have a grandparent that passed on and there was something they used to talk about. They did. Uh, maybe you have some cousins that, that are starting to get together and, and maybe you want to create a tradition. You know, you look up, you know, you're from, oh, I don't know. I just worked with a lady that's from Ethiopia. Um, so, you know, maybe you're from Ethiopia and there's an Ethiopian tradition that, you know, you want to keep in the family and get your kids to know, you know, what's, what it is, you know, what that is, you know, and you want to, but you don't do it now. So maybe, maybe you start. You know, maybe it's something that you consider a good luck charm that, you know, this is going to bring us prosperity. So, you know, on the 8th of August every year, we go and light a candle or something, you know, whatever it is. I think one of the other things, too, is not so much my mortality, but like the mortality of older people is now starting to become a reality. You know, people are getting older and and it's more because it, I feel like celebrities are dying. It's not because there's been any tragedy in my family, but like, you know, I don't want my, I don't want those traditions to die with the older people in the family because I, you know, my nonna was also very incoherent for a lot of years before dying. So even if she didn't die, she wouldn't be alive today anyway, because that would have she'd be like 111 or some shit. Um, she was born in 1906. So she'd be like 115. You know what I mean? So like, it's not possible for, for the most part, 99% of the population doesn't live that long. Right. But I, I'm afraid now that, and maybe I just got to start picking my parents' brain more so that way I can get a tradition and I can start trying to push these traditions or at least doing it with my, my daughter and my grandson, because my son's not going to give a shit, but, and maybe he'll get to a point where he's in his forties and I'm, you know, in my seventies and, you know, I'm starting to think about the mortality of the, of the old people and not wanting my, the traditions and that heritage to die when they, you know, pass on. Hopefully it's not for 10 or 20 years, but you never know. You never know what that time is. So, you know, one, uh, you know, like, I think that the hardest thing is I don't speak Italian real, real, real well. And I had every opportunity. I fucking lived in Italy and I spoke it there because I had to, but I get back to the States and like, you know, so now I'm following, you know, um, Italian, uh, pages on Instagram that gets me a little bit of Italian. There's a couple of guys that come up because they translate from, you know, Italian and English or they give you, you know, certain words. Um, and I think I can articulate it now better uh, as an adult where I, I can kind of, sort of trick my brain into learning things. Um, so if you have a native tongue, don't lose it. Don't let anybody in this country, America, you know, make you think that you can't speak that language. Now, granted, depending on the language, not very many other people are going to speak it, but to get with your local community, you know, have your kids learn it, um, have your kids, you know, really embrace that side. 
Um, Cause that's the other thing too, is half of the family that were there last night, half of them are, you know, really into the Mexican language, the Mexican culture. And the other half, they're all Mexican, but they don't, you know, they don't speak as much Spanish as they, as they would probably like, you know? So I think if you lose the native tongue, that's kind of the first foray into like watering down your, your, your heritage or watering down your, your traditions. Um, so don't lose it, man. You know, I mean, like I said, my grandson is now third generation. Um, and you want your kids to be proud of who they are, whatever that is, you know, black, white, you know, Mexican, Italian, Asian, you know, Pacific Islander, whatever it is, African, whatever. Um, it, it, it feels a little bit like the traditions, and I don't know American families, like in terms of people that have been in America for a generation, I don't know what their traditions are. And again, maybe you live in a small town and, you know, like here in, in Marysville, California, there is the Bacai Festival every year. And if you're, and I believe that's a Chinese, I know it's an Asian country. I think it's a Chinese festival, but if you're, you know, of that descent, then you should maybe participate in there. You know, I know Sacramento actually, or at least for a few years had like an Italian festival. Maybe I should, you know, be more participating in those groups. You know, maybe there's, you know, you just don't want to be a dying breed, you know, where we say, you know, we, you know, the old people in the old country used to do this. So they used to do that, you know, and then of course, you know, you come to America and you have to sort of switch things up because of whatever it is, you know, food, you can't get the right type of food or, you know, there's another holiday that infringes upon whatever, you know? Um, so bottom line is don't forget who you are. Don't forget where you came from and try to make sure that you live up to the, the traditions and the history of your people. And this isn't just for, you know, people that live in America that they're descendant of other people. You know, you, the whole world is a melting pot. So, so, but even if you live like in England or something, or you live in, you know, Germany or you live in the Philippines, if there's an old tradition that, you know, has kind of gone away from your family because a certain elder, you know, died or, you know, the family has a, a rift, which is partially my family's issue too, where there was a big rift. And, you know, when we go back to New York, we don't see everybody. So you start losing those traditions because you don't, you don't have a, you don't have a one person or one group of people kind of bringing everybody together to do, you know, whatever it is that tradition is, you know, sauce making season or, you know, wine season or, you know, a big feast on Easter Sunday or, or doing Sunday dinners, which I don't remember us doing too much of that, but making sure that you, you live up to those, those traditions that, that are important to you anyway. They're not going to be important to everybody, but in your immediate family, your wife, your husband, your kids. And then as your family grows into grandkids and stuff, I just don't, I guess the, the turning point for me to think about this was a, now that I have a grandson, it doesn't matter if it's grandson or granddaughter, but I have a grandchild and I start to think about, you know, what can I teach him about being Italian? What can I teach him about being Amer Italian American? And some of it is these little traditions, you know, why we do the La Bufana, what that little nursery rhyme means. You know, if, 
if he's interested in saints or if he's, you know, if he has a guardian, you know, if he wants a guardian saint or whatever, you know, those sorts of things. And I don't want to lose that. I definitely want us to learn how to speak Italian a little bit better and maybe even Spanish. So, you know, for my son. So, um, keep your family traditions alive. If you have, if you have some older people that are still alive, Hey, what's something that we used to do that we don't do? What's something from the old country or what's something from, you know, uh, the old school, you know, your grandma's grandma or whatever that they used to do that, that you could think would be a cool and fun tradition and then keep it up, keep up that lineage. Guys, like always, this is my unscripted, unedited thoughts, almost like a freestyle off the top of my head. I really thank you guys for listening. Keep listening. Please share. Give me a review on Apple. Um, I'm out there, man. I'm underscore just underscore talking on Instagram. Um, I keep saying I'm going to upload some shit to YouTube, but I don't ever do it. Um, but maybe I will. Um, love you guys. Love the support. A big, uh, it's coming at the end, but my boy, my cousin Tony out there, he does, he does some good listening, trying to help me get it out there. Um, monster five, three, zero. I love you, man. I love you all. Um, Enjoy your uh, your week. Hopefully I can get you started off. What do I always say, though? Respect, love, equality, unity. I just threw the love in there because I love y'all. All right, Jello is out.